Are you in a hurry or something, Brett? I'm not being <laughs> shitty. There's no way we're going to follow up that last podcast with anything good. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm such a prick. <laughs> and I agree. Oh. And this, and this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the normal knob thatcher. Uh, gentlemen, how are we all? Uh... Prick, how are you? Oh, it's always fucking me. Right. It was Brett last time. Actually, it was Laura last time. It was Laura last time. Um, am I right? Cool. Brett. Do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> so since we last talked, and I was getting very excited about um, automobile-related shenanigans. Mm. Shenanigans! Um, I managed to buy another car. Uh, identical, yeah. identically shit boxy, identically <laughs> in a bad state and un- unfit to be on the road and without a certificate, um, and identically had to be transported here because it doesn't drive. Um, <laughs> and so, big. I was trying to find parts for the car, and I, you know, there's various bits of trim inside and just stuff to get it through the MOT. So, like a seat yeah. belt. Um, a wing mirror, just little things that you need to pass the test. Um, and it was like 10 quid here, 20 quid there, delivery charge, blah, blah, blah. And then this yeah. car pop, popped up that was 200 quid for the entire car. And it had everything I needed. And it had like the sick, like original roof rack that you can't yeah. find anywhere. Um, it had a full spare set of wheels. So I've now got three sets of wheels. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like an off-road set and whatever. Um, nice. And it was like 200 quid. And so I just said to this guy, and again, it was down in like the the, the south coast of England. It was down in Brighton. Yeah. So I had that shipped up and the, and I was asking the guy, oh, is he going to run? Is it run or fine? Can he drive it up onto the truck and kind of drive it up yeah. and into my drive? He's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Runs, runs fine, runs fine. I had it all this morning. So, okay. <laughs> Turns up, a guy, the delivery guy wheels it off the back of the thing. He's like, oh, is yeah. he not running? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I've not tried. We open it up and he stripped everything out of the engine bay. Oh, really? Apart from the engine, yeah, all the ancillaries, no battery, no fluids, no water, no hoses, uh, no airbox, nothing. Fucking hell. And it's like, you said it was running. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> for, for 200 quid, I was like, I can't be bought. I don't want to like, I yeah. don't want the hassle. I, I don't want to message him. I just can't be done with it. Yeah. Um, so we just strapped on like a jumper pack battery. Just straight to the terminals <laughs> of the to the to like the, the chassis of the yeah. car and starting up and it works. So top tip, you can do that. It's probably not very good for your jumper battery because I don't think you can charge them that way, but it's it works. Mm-hmm. And I managed to drive it up the drive. <laughs> Fucking leather seats, automatic. What it's got like tints. Like this this thing is balling. Like <laughs> <laughs> from the outside, it's an absolute shitbox. It's got like classic like different colored doors where they've just been replaced so like the boom yeah. is red and stuff it's it's britain the whole thing is just covered in moss it's, it's like laura's caravan um, <laughs> and the the windscreen's completely cracked so it won't pass a test with that windscreen so yeah. a new windscreen is more than that car cost me so yeah. the, you know what i mean so it's not worth it um but the thing runs and it's got everything i need basically to completely finish the camper um awesome so it's it's absolutely onto a winner so i've just been like removing just like inches of 
filth because it was used off road. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's just it's just so disgusting inside. It stinks. It's like sogging through. But again, it's in really good condition of, underneath yeah. all that. So I literally gonna... took I took the pressure washer in the car. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Nice. Are you gonna uh, Are you gonna salvage the leather seats then and chuck them in yours? I'm gonna I'm gonna swap them over. Yeah. Nice. Because uh, because then I don't need the back seats because they're coming out. Yeah. So I only yeah, need yeah. the front too. So they're leather. It doesn't matter. And they're black. Because so like this whole thing is turning into this like jet black themed thing. Yeah. And every and it's like this is gonna be really cool. Nice. Um, so yeah, really excited about that. And then at the weekend, it kind of promised to be a bit of the first day of spring. Yep. So I got very excited, ran out into the freezing cold in the garden, and I just stripped out all the dead shit from the garden. Like all the just like rotten leaves and like yeah, yeah. dead plants and stuff, everything that's like inhibiting growth. Mm. Cut it all out, stripped it all out. And then like within days, all these little green shoots have popped up. So nice. they just they must just know it's like they can breathe and it's yeah. just really nice. It's, it's like it's I love doing it because it's cathartic and it's just like you know ripping yeah. out all this dead stuff and stuff. Um, but it's also like symbolic. It's just like this this fresh start and this kind of like new beginning for the year. Yeah. It's just like really really nice seeing it come to life. Awesome. That's me. Nice. Very Sounds good. Like a, yeah. A very positive week. Um. Brett, I'm so you? excited for the car. I don't want to talk about me yet. I'm so excited. <laughs> Honestly, getting this other one is just like knocked it up another notch for me. I'm just like yeah. fucking pumped. All I want to do now is restore cars. So I'm, I'm even to the point where I just want to restore it. I don't even want to like build the camper. I'm, I'm 100% building the camper. Yeah. But just, just repairing stuff. And like, Steve, yeah. I showed you that little video of me fixing okay, yeah, the, yeah. the lock. And just getting it working again, and getting the electronics working again, and just like this, like thirty-year-old thing, just bringing it back to life that someone's just given up on. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is this is so satisfying. And I can see why people get get into it. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's it's very addictive. But all right, then, Brett. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, staying on the trend of restorations, or at least just getting those very cathartic moments of cleaning up old stuff. Uh, I've moved on to the forge blower that I found the one that was just completely rusted and hmm. um, locked up. And, you know, I, I knew at least from the, the owner of the, the restaurant that I found it at. Um, I know that the gentleman that owned the property just took all this old mining equipment and whatever kind of industry was happening out here before it shut down, he took all the old machines and put them on the property because he just wanted to, I don't know, have a safe space for him, not let him go to scrap. Anyway, as rusted out as this forge blower is, it is a reminder of how beautiful these old tools were constructed and knowing that it's, it's been sat, you know, basically in the desert for however long, means that there's not really like, you try and think about it of how many times has it been rained on even if it's 80 years old how many times do you think it's actually been rained on as opposed yeah. to the stuff that we would find up in the northeast when it's really rusted and you know uh it's been locked up for years and years it's it's so much of a bother to try and uh, get that stuff to move again but uh i spent most of yesterday deconstructing and i've got a little bit more to do today Unfortunately, had to cut a couple of bolts off that were just like they weren't having it. And you got to you got to come to terms with like, well, I can't use all the original parts because these two square nuts are not going anywhere. 
<laughs> they're part of the machine now. So it's yeah. either cut them off or, you know, continue fighting with them. So uh, I placed my first order with McMaster car for some replacement hardware. Nice. I feel like a big boy for having used the McMaster car website for the first time in my life. Um, and actually, I had to message Eric from Hand Tool Rescue and be like, what, what am I doing? I don't <laughs> know what I'm non, looking at. For non-Americans, Brett, what's, what's McMastercar? It is the end-all, be-all website and warehouse for, I think, anything you could ever ask for. I mean, they don't, <laughs> it's, it's basically a materials warehouse, right? Okay. Like the, is it like for trade or like, is it open to public? Yeah. Uh, like I got yeah. on there. All you have to do is you know, create a login account or whatever, right. but it's open to everybody. It's where Jimmy gets every single part for every machine that he never ever needs to get. It's where he gets metal, everything from metal to hardware to everything. And he used it so much. And I know Eric and um, Andrew from blacksmith tools and some of the other guys that do a lot of big machines. They're one of the only places you can go and order, you know, like a four inch round quarter 20 threaded bolt you know like you need yeah. a very very specific thing you can order one of them and it'll show up on your door a couple days later or you can order a thousand of them um so they're a really good distributor for just anything and everything i mean i was i need to replace a little bit of gasket material because there's a gasket in the in between the shell of the blower and it's completely rotted out at this point. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they sell gasket material. And I was like, not only do they sell gasket material, they sell, I think, every kind of gasket material that exists on the planet <laughs> in every size you could possibly want it. So that was a neat little new adventure into McMaster car. Um, aside from that, like, I'm loving the restoration of the blower. And Steve, I know I've chatted with you offline about the electric and i also talked to ben snur uh yeah. about it because we were just shooting the shit and i was like what do you think hand crank or what and he was just like come on man like we have electricity for a reason you know probably what i'll probably do just for the you know for the sake of me wanting to do it uh slightly proper i'll probably do like the mount for the blower that fits onto the forge and then do a hand crank for the sake of just having one but it'll yeah. be removable right just with like a set pin or a set screw and then just be able to you know retro fabricate a a motor onto the side of it i've been looking at rotisserie motors and things that have low rpms um but i was actually told by an engineer who happened to be out here yesterday visiting ben um what i need to sort out is the gear reduction of the gearbox to know yeah what rpm i should be looking at and all that so New new things I've never worked with before, um, but because it's simple machinery, it's just a question of taking all the parts apart and just a hundred years of Steve, the grease inside of it has coagulated <laughs> to just be, it's, it's rock hard, but I took a yeah. screwdriver to it and just started prying old grease out of these, you know, yeah. the gears and everything like that. All the teeth are still on the gears. Everything still looks good. Warm drive's good. Everything. So nice. I'm looking forward to continue working on that today. I don't know when I'll get uh, a video produced because I really want to try and put good time into this one and do it up right. Uh, the big thing that came out of the last week, though, was the power hammer. This, this beautiful 50-pound little giant power hammer that is now uh, at Ryan, who I know I've mentioned a few times in previous episodes. Ryan's got the shop space and the power for it, <clears throat> considering I'm still working on my property. 
So John, the fossil guy, delivered it the other day, brought it out here on his own fruition. And it's sat in Ryan's shop right now to uh, we're going to, you know, do up a proper base for it and probably pour a new section of slab. And he cleaned it up and it went from just being I thought it was kind of a gray green color, but then he cleaned it up and it's actually like this powder blue, white blue. <laughs> underneath just years of grease that he yeah. didn't do anything else to it other than clean up the grease so another beautiful old machine that's going to get put back to use i'm you know still kind of dumbfounded that it's it's mine to use in the very near future and i'm very excited to practice and learn and get a hell of a lot better at using bigger machines like that like steve your hammers that little anyang that we were using a couple of years ago is a lightning bolt but it was so it's just tuned up and it just hits so perfectly. So going back to a more kinetic hammer uh, where it's just loud and, and just hits real hard. It's it's going to be fun to relearn what that's all about, especially since yeah. I've really only ever used, I don't know, two or three different power hammers. So it's very exciting. I'm I think we're going to do a little bit of like cleanup and just make sure everything's running correctly before we really start cracking into it. But Ryan and I have talked about a ton of stuff that we want to work on together since I'll be sharing a space. Um, I think we've got a lot of good things uh, to get into here in the next couple of months. Stuff will announce just kind of as it as it starts to present itself. But uh, we're we're getting really keen on working on some projects together. Uh, yeah. And beyond that, we have the class coming six days from now, whatever. By the time the by the time we record again. I will have done the class, the small class with the four guys. And I think it's just going to be a hell of a time. We're going to have a really good day forging all kinds of nonsense. And it'll be the first time I've I've done any kind of teaching, even though it's it's very intro stuff. It'll be the first time since Maker Camp, what, two years ago, a year and a half ago. Um, so I think yeah. it's going to be a nice shift just to have small, you know, safe. Everybody is is like tested and safe and and not you know carrying any kind of disease so it's going to be a fun day and i think it'll just be nice that it's a small group because it'll mean that we can really focus on everybody having a good fulfilling day um while being safe and just making a shit ton of noise because there's no neighbors at ryan's place <laughs> brilliant but that's it for me just a lot of appreciating old tools in the last couple of days <laughs> just like jesus they're so well made it's nice yeah um, uh, no, that's really cool because we're, we're we're looking at doing the classes again um ourselves at the moment um and kind of gearing back up to being able to do all them um it's it's kind of interesting because we're we're changing the way that we've done that we're doing things um we're probably not going to be taking on any new students this year because we still have so many booked from the last year and we're looking at like getting back into doing the festivals and things like that as well basically just getting back out there and and doing stuff again so yeah it's it's exciting it's fun what else have we been doing other than talking about classes uh and trying to figure out when we can actually start holding them because guidelines are a little bit vague to say the least mm -hmm. and it's all kind of like ah, oh, well maybe on this date we might do this depending on 12 other things that we have no control over finished uh one of the two axes i've been working on um and got that handled and i hate it just it just a, it's not a particularly nice job on the handle and it's frustrating me but 
I'm well, don't make it done. sound like woodworking is hard. I mean, Roy does it on the regular. <laughs> I just, I just fucking hate woodwork. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to change uh, the design for the handle on the second one. Uh, just tweak a few things, um, and hopefully it'll look a little bit nicer. But it was good to kind of get that ticked off and finished. And today we did. Uh, I forged out a load of um, skewers uh, because we've again we've changed. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do uh, in the workshop and we're moving towards basically everything being stainless steel but forged out 75 skewers um so tapers on both ends got them all ready to go marked them all up started doing the wraps and yeah the stainless just does not play well with the the method we use for doing that i think i think it was uh i got like five skewers in and had two that were not disintegrated and kind of said to Al, like, Al, I'm trying, but this stuff's not working. He came over and was like, oh, no, you've just got to do it like this. I did one and it just snapped off straight away. <laughs> and then did another one slightly differently and just went, yeah, no, this this isn't going to work, is it? <laughs> no. Nope. So I had to go back to the old stock and forge out another 75 skewers. So my forearm is in bits right now. But yeah, that was good. It was... It's good to get back into doing a little bit of forging again. It's frustrating that, that we're not going to be able to do the same style of skewers with the stainless stuff, but it means that we've got to come up with a, a different kind of skewer style. We might keep the the pigtail ones as, um, as like a mild steel version, but we'll see. And it was also really interesting working with a different material because it, it just behaves in a very, very different way. And the other thing was obviously uh, working with uh, Laura, Caro and Heidi getting the podcast out and recorded and done. I think, Al, you you managed to do the world's greatest thumbnail for that one. Um, it just, that just amazing. The correct, the correct level of uncomfortable, like, uncanny yeah. valley faces. Just, <laughs> just often enough to upset yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, that was that was super good fun and the the kind of feedback. Um, I don't know if you guys have, have heard anything from people, but I've, I've read the I've read the, the the Facebook and the Instagram comments are just like blowing up. Like everyone's loving yeah. it. It's just such a good episode. And and I've had a load of like DMs as well. And basically, it seems like telling, everyone telling wants you to quit. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants <laughs> us to stop and just wants us to be replaced by them. So, uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that those guys might actually be up for doing another. Episode like one day a year yet. isn't enough for them. Fucking. I know. <laughs> But yeah, no, that, so that, that was, again, it was really, really good fun um, doing that with them um, and getting to listen to it as well. Because it, it's it's not often I actually get to listen to the podcast because it's normally just us three talking and I'm not going to listen to the same conversation like a few days later after having heard it twice already. And um, so yeah, it was quite nice to have that to, to listen to on a Monday, which isn't particularly normal for us because it's normally a, a wednesday or a, maybe a thursday i think you threw a lot of uh, off with that i did yeah <laughs> well confused little men hang on but yeah and i think it, it was kind of a nice a nice little spanner in the well, not spanner in the works uh nice curveball that's the phrase i was looking for and i think it's good to kind of shake things up a little bit and maybe take stuff away from what is what is the norm because i think it's it's this weird thing where people think that there's this association with normality and being comfortable and being within your comfort zone. And I was thinking about this 
today at work because obviously working on the uh, the stainless stuff it's it's not having to relearn stuff but it's having to change how we do a few things um just because the like I say the material is different works in a different way and the stuff that we normally do like the the uh, the round taper on a um, skewer normally you can do that in one heat it's it's fine you try doing that in one heat on the stainless and you end up with uh cold shuts and folds um so we just have to change that which means that you know then they're taking twice as long to do which means that we have to consider that in in everything else so yeah, it was just making me think about like what um what people think of, of normality um and what people consider to be normal and the fact that for a lot of people, they think of normality as being like within the comfort zone. But I think there's so many people that that don't have that. Like, you know, you think of, of someone that's a fucking stunt driver or skydiver or, or whatever, like that. I suppose it's only a comfort zone for them because they're doing it all the time, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's it is a comfort zone like and people that go out and and you know part of their they, they make their living from being outside of their their comfort zone and doing things that that scare them and i don't know it was just a a bit of a a weird train of thought no right i like now. it and, and i i think it's interesting you talking about the the, the new normal because mm. for me then that that removes the whole comfort so I, I totally get you the, the comfort zone bit is a bit like your um com- complacent yeah and and normal just being easy and normal being not a challenge yeah but i don't i don't think it's i think if it's the new normal and normality is ever evolving then that is that can become really interesting and a real challenge and that's why i love what's happening in the world besides what's happening in the world that's horrible <laughs> yeah what's also happening in the world simultaneously is massive change 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 all the time um mm. and these new normals have just been established all the time and they're not comfortable yeah for a lot of people and they are difficult and they are challenging and that for me i i love it it's so interesting it's so diverse and complex and yeah. um sensitive and 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 everything every aspect of it whether it's around sustainability or um you know we're going to be we're going to be hit with a massive fucking recession yeah, it's very very soon. I mean, the 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 chancellor has basically said you've got to pay us all back <laughs> in, in 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 no uncertain words. It's going to mean so many different things. It's going to mean there's there will be no complacency. There will be nobody just being able to sit and get away with doing nothing. And I love it. Yeah, I love seeing things. Pe- I love seeing people take advantage of the situation, make things happen, help each other, um, and so that. That that makes it the new normal, but it definitely doesn't make yeah. it, like you say, stuck in stuck in this 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 boredom or this loop. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's a weird one because, like you say, uh, normal, and everyone has their own idea of what it is. And I think basic. Like, you could you could yeah. you could you could interpret that as basic, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like my average my <laughs> my, my normal summer, for example, is like every other weekend. It's a festival or an event yeah. and like this is going back for for years even before i was doing the, the the blacksmithing stuff i was still always working at these events and things and like normal for me uh, or normal weekend for me it, it means means working this last year that normal changed and all of a sudden that normal was what i think of as being the, the normal like, as in yeah, yeah what yeah. everyone else does and yeah like getting to to do that kind of 
you know, have have a full week, like have two days off in a row, and <laughs> you know, go, go down the village shop at, on a Saturday and get some nice food, and then come back and cook it, and 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 like spend a Sunday being productive rather than being completely fucking wiped out. Mm-hmm. Like it was, uh, it was really weird. But I, 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 I quickly got kind of tired of it and wanted to go back to as much as I've enjoyed it. Like I wanted to go back to my normality of of that busy constant like no weekend is the same so you know my my normal not my normal is things not being normal things being yeah. constantly changed um and like you say i think for a lot of people the, the new normal is is going to be quite a lot like that i think like there's going to be less kind of i don't mean leisure time as in like not having time off and everyone having to hustle all the time but yeah, you're not necessarily going to be able to afford to go on holiday three, four times a year, sort of thing. Like that, let's like say when that recession hits, it's going to be, it's going to be weird and it's going to be hard. I wonder if the discussions are going to revolve around like, hey, uh, so when's like vacation time? Do can I ask for a couple of weeks off work? And they're like, you just got a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> sitting yeah. at home. Yeah. Um, I. I want to, I kind of want to bend your guys' ears about what, what the separation between um, like being comfortable in your new normal mm. versus, you know, how to combat complacency. <clears throat> you know, I, I think we are experiencing, experiencing the new normals on a regular basis. Like Al was saying, where there's just a lot of these changes and a lot of things being established as the norm going forward. But it's happening so often that yeah. not only are we are we kind of having the shift, but also like if whatever your normal was a year ago, you got kind of complacent in it and you're comfortable with it. And then all these new things are going to happen and maybe you have to shift or once there was, there's a recession or you go back, people start going back to the offices more regularly. How do you combat the what is in my mind a kind of a con- condescending way of looking at things, which is I've become complacent. You know, then, I'm comfortable. Then, I'm lazy. I get to do what I want. This is easy for me. I, I, I don't like, like that. that. I, no, I do. No, I, what I like is the, the pace of change becoming the normal. So mm. it's almost like a geometric equation versus an, arithmetic equation it's like it yes it's accelerating but it's accelerating at a regular steady pace so you can kind of get your head around it like it it would have been chaos but i think everything's going so quickly now that you can almost manage it and it not be super stressful and you can go actually i don't need to put as much energy into that yeah um so it's not necessarily complacency it's like picking your battles which is like one of the one of the always been one of the hardest things for me is is prioritizing and picking your battles but i think because stuff is just so um short-lived now it's almost like you haven't got time to do it you haven't got time to be stubborn and i i i i'm i'm losing my stubbornness yeah which was once one of my greatest and worst virtues (laughs) it just doesn't wash anymore yeah you know you can't you can't be stuck in your ways anymore i i'd hate to think what's going to happen to fucking boomers after this they just won't be able to cope because yeah. because they can't do anything anymore, and all the things that they, <laughs> they spent their entire <laughs> life doing is just unacceptable. So um, yeah. you think you think what's happening is 
I don't want to say forced upon, but it's it's making people realize that the pacing of things it kind of focuses their priorities or their responsibilities or what have yeah. you and get less distracted by the fast paced stuff moving by in a heartbeat. Right? Respons- like the flash responsibility the is a great okay. word. Um, and just seeing how people are kind of prioritizing what matters, I think yeah. is, is a really powerful thing that's come out of this. Um, we're seeing a lot of work, like a lot of, a lot of our clients are going like, none of this stuff matters anymore. And, and our customers yeah. don't care about this shit anymore. They care about like values or friendship or like empathy and all this stuff. And, and it's having a huge impact. So yeah. I, 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 yeah, I think that's a really key point, Brett. Because I mean, that's it's it, it's a weird thing that um, that we seem to always do well in a recession, mm. um, and it, it it does seem to be that people are going. Well, actually, I'd rather spend a little bit more on something that's going to last me for however lo- much longer than buy cheap and buy twice sort of thing. Um, and I think that coupled with the like the maker movement in in general um, yeah. as a as a craftsperson sort of movement. I think that's having a big impact on society as well. And I think people are moving away from, you know, buying something and it being instantly replaceable. Like is it like buying buying things as disposable items rather than investments? People are moving away from that. Like that's been the normal for so long. And like I so said, I know that you made the, the point about the boomers, but um but yeah, I think that this is like the next generation kind of coming through and the next generation kind of gaining a little control. And so there's the, the generational impact and the generational change, but also with everything that's happened in the last 18 months, it's, it's being forced on us as well. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a very interesting time. And with the, the rate of changing technology as well, like again like we have never been in such a fast moving um time as we are right now in terms of technology and the the, the speed at which things change i mean you look at uh, a phone from 20 years ago and it was it was a fucking like yeah it it was the the greatest invention ever to have this phone that you know you could carry in your pocket and you could walk around and the battery on it would last for like 8 minutes and <laughs> and you could send a text that was 120 characters or whatever it was like whereas now you think nothing of like if, if your phone isn't as powerful as as a gaming laptop from five years ago you, you're getting annoyed at it like it, it's absolutely insane but how's that how's that affecting people's social skills and, and interaction with one another if if well when we were when we were lads um <laughs> I just remember like ringing my friend up on the house phone to his house phone yeah. and having like conversations on the phone, like yeah. two, bo- two boys having a conversation on the phone. It's fucking unheard of. Yeah. But it was, it was what, what you did and it was how you engaged. And then you didn't see that person until the next week, maybe at school. Hmm. And then, whereas now you could instantly interact with anyone at any time. And it almost, I don't yeah. know if it devalues it or well, there's, there's, there's other distractions and it makes it more difficult to kind of um, commit to engagement. Yeah, I, I think it, it depends on how you use that as well. Because like, for example, my, my nephew, uh, Joel, mm. I speak to him all the time because he's on WhatsApp. 
yeah. um so we'll drop each other a message he can he can ask me a question he like and i had to explain to him why he should be using a ring spanner rather than an adjustable and and all of this and mm. like that was really good and that's an interaction that i i simply couldn't have had with him if yeah. i relied on seeing him in person um but at the same time like there are so many of my friends i mean i said the other day like i'm i'm trying to make a point of like when i take the dog out for a walk in the evenings putting on my isotunes and and actually having a conversation with someone ringing someone up and and having that chat because otherwise it just ends up being like i don't really talk to people i just i send them a meme and laugh <laughs> and that's it like that's that's the breadth of our our interaction is just a couple of pictures once a month sort of thing i mean um, you you um, ran me up on on your walk the other day yeah. and like my, my 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 first reaction was like oh what's up is everything all right yeah and then it just turned into oh no he just wants to chat and it was lovely yeah. and it was delightful and it was it was slow paced and it was what the conversation should be like i yeah. mean you, you talked about sort of whatsapp and yeah it's handy if you oh what's you can just ask someone a quick, something instantly like i yeah. asked i asked jim today old old chip jim um our radiator caps universal just because i i can't yeah. get one anymore can i just buy any generic one that's super yeah. useful but then i also have Dozens of unread messages in WhatsApp and Instagram and yeah. Facebook that I don't yeah. reply that I don't reply to because I can't do that conversation justice. Yeah, I don't think it's fair to just reply on a whim and and, and text like that. Like that's not how I work. So yeah. from from the sender's end, it's like oh they're ignoring me, but for me it's like no, it's the opposite. I want I want to have a meaningful conversation with you and a meaningful engagement. Yeah. And it and actually dedicate some time to it in some mind space, because yeah. if I just reply to you like <laughs> "lols" meme, <laughs> it's insulting to me and to you. Yeah. I'm obviously overthinking it, and that person would never think that. But then, yeah. then, then you get another message. Oh, why? Why are you not replying? Is everything okay? Have I said something? Some, said something wrong? It's like no, 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 no. Like, yeah. I'm just. I've just not replied to you, and I've not. I've not even read what you sent me because I want to do that at a time when i'm not distracted when i'm not doing 10 other things when i'm not yeah at work you know like because it we wouldn't have behaved like that five no. ten years ago that that's the thing is like you say like that question it would have been a phone call and it would that phone call would have then lasted you know 10 15 minutes or whatever or yeah. it would have been you know a, a trip like can you remember before having it would have been a pigeon phones? it would have been like a, just yeah. a little bit of paper that you rolled up yeah but I mean, like, I because I I I have the same issue. Like, I constantly leave people on unread because yeah. I know if I read it, I will I'm fucking useless and I will forget and I yeah. won't um I won't ever respond. I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll I'll reply to that later and then <laughs> yeah. just forget. But if I leave it on unread, then you know it, it's there. Constant, that you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a constant reminder that shit. I've got to go in and I've got to read that. I've got to respond. But then, like you say. And then, it, then like you end up like Jimmy with seven thousand hundred yeah, emails. Exactly. <laughs> and like especially like if you get a real chat stuff as well. Like it just all of a sudden it gets pushed to the bottom of the pile and you don't even see it. And you then you do get that chance to sit down and you sit down and you go, fuck, I've got like ten people I've got to respond to. And it still ends up being like that quick uh like quick response. Yeah, I mean th th there's been a few times like I was I was a little bit late to uh recording for that exact reason because I'd sat down and I I just had to respond to like three or four people, but I wanted to actually give them a proper response. In a way, I do kind of like. I mean, we I, I talked about this in the post I did on um, 
uh, in the Facebook group the other day. Like I, I, I love the written format, but a text, like a, a one sentence or a two word text is not the same as a full letter or even an, even a full email sort of thing. Like, and and it's really hard to. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start all my like instant messages now with dear, <laughs> dear Steve. To whom I it hope, may concern. I hope this message um, finds you well. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, can you? Did you? Did you guys ever have uh, pen pals? Like, I didn't actually yeah. have one in school. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. I had. I had one in the Netherlands, and weirdly, like, got in touch with her like a few months ago after oh, away. thirty years. Yeah. Yeah. Really weird. See, and excuse me, sorry, that's a completely different style of communication. I mean, I was uh, I was listening to an audiobook by Andy Weir, the guy that wrote The Martian. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember what the uh, the other book is called, but it's it's about a moon, a, a city on the moon, and it was really interesting. And what I, moon, dick. Uh, uh, I go back to what I said at the start. You're a prick, um, but. Like the one of the interesting things is because of that like delay in communication, the fact that they didn't do instant messages, it was it was long emails, and it they, you know it would in they there would be a couple of days between communications. Like there could be um, just a few minutes between it, but normally it was a few days. And you, when you get that like forced um, stoppage on communication, because when when my phone broke uh, the other day, I I couldn't. Um, I, I wasn't able to text quickly because the phone was shit and the keyboard didn't work properly. So it took like 20 minutes to write one sentence. Um, but because of that, it, it meant that I, actually to be fair, I ended up using my laptop with WhatsApp open on it instead of a lot. Um, but it just meant that I had to be a bit, little bit more considered about what I was writing um, <clears throat> and wasn't just responding to everything straight away. It was like, right, okay, I'll give it a bit of time and, and respond to that later and it's it's it was really strange and really abnormal for me to not have my phone out constantly just quickly replying and just because the way my head works i'm going a thousand miles an hour all the time and i i work best when i'm communicating um and like i love being sure obviously um and i i love uh sharing ideas and and uh like verbally sparring with people i find it um i find it really uh in, not enthusing i don't fucking know the word no nah, it's like it it gives me more energizing that's the fucking word um <laughs> like if i'm sat in a room on my own not communicating with anyone i just i i get bored and i yeah. i kind of i shrivel but if i have that interaction i fucking love it um I mean, only to a certain extent because I'm still a bit of an introvert and I expend that social energy. I'm like, right, okay, I need to go now, bye. Um, but it, it it makes me energetic and makes me want to do more stuff. Um, and sending texts back and forth doesn't have that effect. Um, and I think one of the great things about this kind of new normal that we're in is the fact that people are a lot more willing to, to jump on a hangout or a zoom call or something like that. And I think that is then normalizing, um, having conversations again. Mm. So you're not just sending a quick Slack message back and forth. You're actually jumping on a call, which makes you think, okay, well, my internet's a bit shit. Let's just have a phone call instead. And it's kind of yeah. making people. He's gone. 
<laughs> He's back. Fucking... <laughs> that was perfect timing for talking about my shit internet. <laughs> I think I think those those um, behaviours being the new normal, I think is is really interesting. But you, you just touched on it a little bit as well, Steve, about almost judgment. So mm. your judgment is different now from what it was in terms of what you do and what you say and how you say it and how much you say of it. Yeah. And I think, I think people's judgment of things in general is, is, is massively shifted. Um, if you look at, for instance, like television shows. Yeah. It, 10 years ago, the standard of television shows was fucking toilet, <laughs> but we all, yeah. but everybody watched them. You know, if, if someone tried to release lost now, or Dexter, it would never have got off. It would never have got past season mm. one. And now you've got like, budget, you know, $25 million episode budgets for one division. Yeah. And, um, you know, amazing scores by musicians for, you know, it's the same as video games, you know, yes. throwing money at it, throwing talent at it, mm-hmm. standards and, and everyone's judgment has changed. And, and the barometer and, the bar is at a completely different level now and it makes you evaluate things differently like i like for me now television is dead yeah apart from the odd marvel show that i'll watch i could never ever watch television again so the new normal for me is youtube and i don't mean that in like just a uh like esoteric like oh i don't watch television i watch youtube (laughs) i mean literally that is that is television for me now yeah, yeah, yeah. My my favorite shows are on there. My favorite actors are on there. My favorite music producers. Everything that I need from television is now on YouTube, and I can't I can't watch. I, I tried what even shows that I would have previously loved, like shows about renovation or building yeah. or making or cars. I just physically cannot watch them anymore. I tried yeah. watching Car SOS last night. Uh, yeah, which I used to love that show. And I just can't, it's, can't stomach it now. It's just this this forced, like, faux um, artificial storylines and, like, cheap editing tricks to make it look as if the content is compelling when really it's yeah. absolutely not. And then you see just people like Brett making things with his own back and, like, one or two cameras and zero budget. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it is what it is. The, the, there's no, smoke and mirrors it's like yeah everything that you're getting from this video is what i'm putting into it and that for me that's all i can absorb now i can't absorb the bullshit i can't i can't watch a talent show where they talk about to the people so i just wonder how good are they fucking singing i don't want the backstory about how the dog died (laughs) are they good at singing or not next right yeah and it's not a patience thing no I, i will i will sit and watch an hour long this old Tony video if he made one. Yeah. Um, well, was, but, you know. Sorry, that I was just Go on. Say, like, you're obviously dying to jump in there. <laughs> but I, I was just gonna say, like, that's that's one of the things that I, I love. And like the fact that like you say, YouTube it, it's it allows individuals to tell stories, whether that's um a story about themselves, a story about someone else, and you know, they're not um they're not uh, bowing to some producer's um, whim of oh, we've had a fucking marketing team have decided that you know actually that's not interesting. We need to focus on this area or whatever, or like your your kind of fake um, show where they like you say where they create drama for no fucking reason and and all of that. Like 
it's just like actually this is this is the story this is what we're going to talk about like i mean i i i've been watching a, a shitload of um the rare earth st uh, stories um over the last few weeks um just because it's a really good thing to just chuck on when i've got five to me. and I, I suppose that's the other thing for me is it's very rare that i have enough time to sit down and really watch something and if i'm going to sit down for more than 15 minutes i want to watch something that's that's really well done that's really compelling and generally that will be like let's say yeah there's one or two marvel shows or something like that but generally that's going to be a film um and it's going to be something that i can get really invested in um whereas let's say the tv shows now you just it, you struggle to get um involved and and i think more and more people are getting like that they're either they're going for this the short form um entertainment or they they just don't like the fact that this fake faux bullshit is normal <laughs> yeah that's that's normal that's real yeah. life right there that's, that's yeah that's that's that's, my, that's my sister ringing me um but uh but yeah like it it's this it's this weird thing where we we seem and i don't know if it's something where it's uh it, it is a normal thing or whether it's just the fact that the people that i've surrounded myself with um are all similar to me so are all doing the same thing like is this just an echo chamber or is this new normal are is everyone out there you know watching youtube rather than watching tv because i mean someone must be watching fucking saturday night takeaway or whatever the fuck it is for it to still be on air but i i don't know these people like is it so are they still watching it or or is this just like the you know the last gaps gasps of a dying fucking thing like i, I truly hope so and until until the only thing that's left it's like the heat death of the universe the only thing that's left is reruns of gogglebox where it's a show about people <laughs> it's a show about where you watch people watching I, shows <laughs> and I that's like that's the last throws oh but yeah. then that brings up the whole reaction videos being oh, so popular yeah, on yeah. YouTube. Like, now I'm just yeah. watching videos of people watching videos of people yeah. watching videos. And now we're talking yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just off off subject a bit before it goes down a YouTube um, rabbit hole. Brett, I've, I've, I was really wondering, given your history and track record and kind of not very normal journey that you has got you to this point, is the part of you that craves a bit of normality, the part of you that wants a bit of that, like Steve was kind of calling it regular, but you know, just just getting into a house without any of the bollocks and any of the nonsense and any of the forms I've got to fill in and any of the weird situations that you got yourself in, or is or is that absolutely what makes you thrive? I don't think it necessarily makes me thrive. Um, I think human nature or, or at least us as people we want to know that we're housed and fed and you know able to sleep somewhere comfortably at the end of a hard work day especially um i think the one aspect of life that feels out of the norm or something that i would like to become the norm is just sleeping in the in the house i built or at least the bed I built, you know, not yeah. even the house, because like, I didn't build the structure, but just uh, with everything feeling a little bit more real or, or getting a little bit closer to, you know, really working on the property. 
I still have it in my head that it's like, yeah, I would like to be able to wake up and open a wardrobe <laughs> and pull a t-shirt out and not go, Oh my God, like my stuff's still in suitcases, you know, or, yeah, you know, right now I'm sitting in one of the rooms at maker ranch recording this because we have every room is spoken for right now. And typically I record in the other room, Yeah, but I, I wasn't able to do that today. And this like shifting schedule, just because I'm, I'm not, here as as like a resident at this space so my biggest norm or normal that i'm trying to push for is having my own space at least in the past it was like i i always thought of my apartments even though i didn't own them outright or i i couldn't really do much to them um i would try and make them such a safe space or such a comfortable space for myself that no matter what city I lived in or what else was going on around me, either work-wise or personal life-wise, my home space was, it was Fortress of Solitude. It was, it was where I got work done. It's where I was with my thoughts. It's where no one could really bother me because I could just shut the door and, you know, be with, with myself doing my thing. And I haven't really been able to do that. So I think the, the accessories outside of um, let's say what I do for work or, or the jobs that I've had in the past, all the accessories that have come with that of traveling all over, moving back and forth across the United States. All of that seems normal because I think I've set myself up to kind of ask for it. It's like, what's the next adventure, right? I, I make enough jokes about, you know, the whole pirate life and adventures and treasure hunting and all that it all just seems normal to me. Take the joke out of it. Like I want to experience as many things as I possibly can, but the home base aspect and having like a safe space to come back to that feels like I have my personality and my, I've created that space. That's the one norm that I really need to happen. Everything else could be a hurricane around me. Mm. If I know that I've got the space to escape to, I'm totally fine. It's luckily it's been the ship shop for now. You know, if I go over there and spend a few hours forging, I don't get to pass out on top of the anvil at the end of the night, but it's it's sure something. I, I think if I didn't have my own little workspace, it'd be a lot be a lot worse, you know? Yeah, yeah, big time. I mean, I, th- I think like that's a, a really good point. Like having um having that that little safe space is is massively important because that's that's where you can like you say you can be normal, even if your normal is someone else's fucking odd i'm I'm normally normal yeah like like having uh it it doesn't necessarily have to be an apartment or a house or even a bed like i've i've had it before where i've been working away for like two months doing festivals where you know i've come home and being at home feels abnormal because it's been so long since i've spent any time there sort of thing and it's literally just come in for a night um wash all my clothes and then pack up and I'm out the next day sort of thing. And, um, and the car that I had at the time, it was a, it was a Peugeot 306 estate. And I (laughs) fucking loved that car. And my, my safe space was having the seats down in the back of that with an air mattress blown up on the back. And that, that was it. That was, that was where I lived. That was my, um, that was my normal. And it's, it's weird how, quickly things can go from being abnormal to normal um and i'd like to think i'm i'm 
quite good at adapting to to those changes um and you know i I can quite happily settle into a new routine fairly fairly quickly um but i know some people can't so just before we kind of uh wrap things up just wonder if you guys have any uh because obviously we've been talking a lot about the fact that shit's changing (laughs) quite a lot at the moment um if you guys have any like thoughts or tips or ideas for how people can can kind of cope with with things changing and and how they can adapt to what is the the new normal yeah i mean i i bring this up a lot at work because a lot of my clients are kind of very established companies that yeah can cannot embrace change very easily (laughs) yeah um both in terms of sort of spiritually um but also just uh, like structurally it's really difficult yeah. for, to, to like stop the i was using the analogy of like a big cruise liner yeah like you just can't be agile you can't make changes you can't mm. adapt to that quickly um and it, it's uh, one of my biggest challenges is just getting them to embrace the change and the pace of change because it's relentless yeah and it's not it's not going to slow down it's only going to get faster like you say yeah. everything that, that feeds into that change be it cultural progression uh, technology, um, the economy—you know—all the things yeah. that, that that manifest change in, in society are only speeding up. Yeah. So it, it, to to resist it, resistance is futile. To quote <laughs> Patrick, um, the the that is just going to be exhausting. If you if you don't ride that oh, fucking cliches down here, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't ride the wave. It's going to be really fucking exhausting, yeah. To, to try and go, no, this is I'll, I'll stick. I want to stick to my normal, or I don't like that being the normal. I think at, over the past sort of twelve months, I've really learned to just kind of like let it go a little bit and ride it and embrace it and make it my own. I think yeah. I think is that the best thing you can do is not fight it, but just go. Actually, this is what it means to me, or my yeah. family, or my like close community or my my job or my passions and just really own it yeah go on Brett sorry I think it's a bit similar (laughs) I eat you're muted I think it's slightly similar to Al's um I've realized that uh, just trying to hone in or focus um putting priority lists together and actually making them priority lists rather than (laughs) just a list of 10 things and everything is priority one. Right. (laughs) I I think I've made that joke before and it was actually Alex. um, that kind of got me on that line of thinking a couple of years ago, but so often we talk about spreading ourselves too thin or you just got too many things going on with the way that things are shifting um, and the speed, like you're talking about just this idea that you have, a handful of things that you try and get accomplished during the day. You know, you always hear uh, from kind of self-help books or people talking about it where it's like, just try and get one thing done a day. There's a lot of reality to that. Like, <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that. Sorry, where it's like you can feel overburdened. You can spread yourself a bit too thin with everything that's going on. I see focus as being such an important aspect of how to continue moving forward, right? Because it streamlines your approach to your day to day. If, if your idea yeah. is to wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee and get your house cleaned up, 
God, you're going to feel so good after you do that. And then you're ready for the rest of the week or, or whatever yeah. the next day is. But if it's, if you're thinking on it on a, on a more uh, micro level or like hour to hour, you know, how to pace out your days and stuff like that. Again, I think it's just like, allow yourself to have enough time. Things, certain things take time, you know, it'll take as long as it takes and just don't overburden yourself with too many things. Most of that shit doesn't even matter. So focus, <laughs> focus and, and maintain course. Al. I've, I've just got a bit of a, a little loophole or what the millennials call a life hack for <laughs> um for the list thing, Brett, and the prioritizing. See, what I do is I have lots of different lists. <laughs> so therefore, none of them are ever, are ever higher up in the hierarchy or prioritize yeah. <laughs> other ones. And some of them you might be in a, a list book. of your lists. Some of them might be in a book. A lot of them are just on post-it notes, just all over. It's a bit like seven. And a lot of them are just like <laughs> on post-it notes. Usually it's written on my hand. And that way, it's like Schrodinger's list. Like if I'm not looking at it, the, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 the things on the list have either been done or not been done. Yeah. And until I look at them, I don't. They're, they're in a state of, of quantum flux. So <laughs> to get around that that feeling of I'm not taking off my list, just have loads of lists. Yeah, I uh, I, I think you're an idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I think like for me like. One of the reasons why I um, I think I managed to adapt is because I like I think it's about, about recognizing that external change, like things that are out of your control, changes to society situations and stuff like that. They are they are just that they're 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 external. They do not change who you are um, or how you how you present yourself or, or anything like that. They, they only change the, the situation that you're in. Um, and I think that like, that's a really important thing to remember because I think a lot of people resist change because they think that it will change them and change who they are. Um, and it doesn't, an, an external change is literally just that it's, it's external. It is, um, is a change to your, your situation or to the, the global situation or whatever. Um, how you react to that change is entirely down to you. Um, and I think that people need to need to realize that that kind of going with 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 the change and like like Al said, riding that wave, like it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not themselves. They're not the, it doesn't mean that they're not the same person they were ten minutes ago. It just means that they're they're that person in a new situation. Um, and I think if you can, if you can go with the change, if you can adapt and and go with it, but still maintain who you are, that is spiffing. People that we think that are spiffing. Ah, in which case I'm, of course, uh, it makes sense now. Uh, so yeah, I am going to uh, totally steal Al's idea, and I'm going to spiff Tim Hunkin, uh, who was on something we we were talking about in the in between bit. Uh, he was on something when we were growing up as kids because I definitely recognise him. Um, but yeah, he's got a YouTube channel um, with like loads of weird Rue Goldberg style stuff, and I am 
literally just quoting what I was saying just now because <laughs> I have you haven't even to... done your basic fucking research. That's right. No, because I again like the fucking so doing a bit of a callback. Like the uh, the messages that I leave on unread, I will occasionally uh, see something and go, "Ah, oh, I must check that out." And I definitely did that with uh, Tim's channel, um, which is normal for me because I'm fucking useless. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, did you say it was Andy Pugh that um, chatted about? Andy Pugh stuck him in the Facebook group, and it just brought back a load of. I'd totally forgotten about this dude. Brought back a load of memories about Tim Hunkin and his amazing automatons and chain mm. reactions and stuff. This was like, you know, 30 years ago, maybe. Yeah. But it was very, I think it was very like arty. You know, yeah. it was it was more art than it was engineering. I think there's a lot of expression in it. Yeah. And um, and yeah, he's doing a, a, a series at the moment on uh, the secret life of components and going into a bit more detail about different things. And so far he's got, excuse me, he's got bearings and chains up, which oh. both sound kind of like, when you say it like that, it sounds really like, uh, that sounds shit. But... Uh, having watched 30 seconds of one of them, I can tell you it's quite interesting. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely uh, definitely worth looking out because I have just subscribed. Uh, so Al, you are next. So again, I'm probably just late to the party and everyone's already heard of him, but I'd never heard of him. Um, and I can't remember how the video popped up, but someone called Sh Sean Hodgins or Hodgins. H-O-D-G-I-N-S. I would say Hodgins, but I'm assuming yeah. it's American, so it's probably pronounced in a bizarre way. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess he's an engineer or works with electronics. I don't know. I've never seen his stuff before, but I just saw one video where he makes a volumetric display. So he makes like a 3D display, but it's just layers of transparent displays. Yeah. So it's kind of pixels in that direction and pixels in that direction. Which I'd not That's seen anyone do before with yeah. with that kind of thing. Um, very old school, but he, he was using like LCDs, and it looks really nice. Um, I will put the link in here for just for your benefit. But the video was just like striking to begin with. Very good production value, very atmospheric. It kind of reminded me of like some of Jacko's earlier videos, where he was just like really cinematic and yeah. dramatic lighting for just like hilarity effect. Um, mm -hmm. But then when he actually gets into the build and he's making this display. It's like really, really smart problem solving. Ooh. It looks like he's it's a kit, but I think he's made that. And I I am under the impression Ooh. that he I'm under the impression that he's maybe making the kit and selling the kit. So although I think he's great and the video's great, he's he needs to work on his sales pitch because I don't quite understand yeah. what's going on with this video. And he's referring to like um a, either a company called Tenex or a brand. I don't know. I, I need to do a bit of research into it, but He's quite good at sketching it. Yeah, yeah, no, he's great. He's, oh. he's, his design's great. His, 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 obviously, his technical skills are great. His filmmaking's really good. Um, yeah. But he's put he's put things into that. I don't know how far he got into the video, but he's put stuff into that display like an accelerometer. So if you, mm. you hold the display and move it around, it has, like, particle physics. That's fucking cool. It's really cool. And then they, you can, like, mount it on, a like, a, a gun sight and stuff. It's just really, really smart. Yeah. Um, so loads, I, I loads of like 3D printed parts as well. And yeah, so I, so I think I think he's prototyped that with a view to maybe selling kits so you can make your own, which I think is a, again is another great kind of new normal yeah. in terms of what a product is. Like people are willing yeah. now to buy 
things that aren't even things. You have to make them yourself. And I think it's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, so check him out. Tim Hodgins. No, not Tim Hodgins. What did I say? Sean. Sean Hodgins. Or Hodgins. Yes. I'm pronounce it. Hod- Hodgins. I'd say Hodgins. I'd say Hodgins. Brett, Hodgins or Hodgins? Mm, it's Hodgins. There he is. It's a three-way. Cool. <laughs> uh, Walk off. Yeah. Uh, Brett, what about you? Right. So I will be uh, the one out of the three of us that says a big thank you to hey. the ladies that did an amazing job on our podcast uh, last episode. Because, Better man. Well, it's hard hard to follow something like that up. Laura and Caro and Heidi all did a fantastic job. So thank you for that. You are always spiffing. Uh, and to keep the trend rolling forward a little bit, uh, it turns out the guys over at Knife Talk also decided to have a female takeover for International Women's Day. And Holly Luftus, Steve, do you know the pronunciation of the last name? Nope. Okay, it's Loftus or Loftus, <laughs> Holly Loftus. I, I know it as Loftus Knives. Um, she is a really talented knife maker smith maker of things uh and she took over as the host of this most recent episode and actually went on to interview a few more other women in the makerspace so even though we have some really talented and amazing females on our side under the fools with tools umbrella um i would go give it a listen and maybe look in or listen to the folks that she interviews um just expand the community a little bit more if you haven't ever heard of any of these wonderful wonderful women but holly is spiffing because she admitted that she was very very shy and didn't know how she'd do on the podcast and she killed it she did a great job hmm. Hmm. that's nice. it Ciao. yeah um yeah i've not actually had a chance to listen to the knife talk one yet because i was listening to our podcast um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to giving that a try later. Well, I say later tomorrow. Um, any other business? Anything from you guys? Nope. Yes. I'm going to go first Always. because uh, fuck you. Uh, I want to give uh, just a quick shout out and congratulate well done to Mr. Ben Snur for his cowboy voodoo magic on that jelly roll hammer. It looked fucking amazing. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go have a look at Ben's Instagram and look at it. It's fucking glorious. Uh, but yeah, that, that was it. Now you go, Al. What's your Thanks. AOB? Um, I've got an honourable mention uh, for the boys over at uh, Make Your Own, Own Way podcast. Fuck! That was the other thing I was going to say. Um, <laughs> so they brought a very different style to the sort of the maker podcast arena, which I think was very much needed. Um, and they are hanging up their mics, uh, this week. I think this week is their last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they'll, they will be sorely missed. Um, well, Nate, Nate, not so much, <laughs> but <laughs> Johnny and Al certainly will. Um, and I hope they, I hope they come back for like a specials episode, maybe at some point, or yeah. we get we get them on here and have like a royal yeah. rumble or something that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, big thanks to the guys. Um, great episodes. If 
you've not listened to the to the podcast, you need to just give it a chance. There's not that many episodes because they're fucking giving up. So you might as well listen to it. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot, guys, and hope to hear from you again one day. Yes. Uh, well said. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, especially the bit about Nate. Uh, <laughs> right. That's it. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Outside it, because I can't get in. Nah. It's full of tyres. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um, and, uh, and if anyone wants to steal one of the Vitaras, you can try, because it's, it doesn't lock. But it's behind the other one, which doesn't move. Ah, so smart. it's a conundrum. <laughs> Just lift it up and put it on the top. <laughs> it's only light. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools with Tools. Um, and that is it. Uh, until next week, we love you all. And we shall see you then. Goodbye. Bye. 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 I was kind of hoping that Laura would go, Laura, come, come. When they do <laughs> that, but I, I'm sure Carol was building it up, but I, I don't think anyone fit. That was.